You're listening to the Women in Western podcast with your host, Cheyenne Draves. This is a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with an emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Cheyenne Draves, and I am doing a solo episode this week. I am so excited for this week's episode because it's something I've kind of wanted to do for a while. And it's a question that like a lot of people ask me often. Um, And I figured kind of like the start of this new year, we're probably kind of slowing down on the huge push of motivation from our new year's goals and kind of reeling into needing to be more disciplined in certain things. Um, So I figured this would be the perfect time for this episode. As always, though, I start out with a highlight of my week. So I'm going to start out with my highlight of this last week, which has been getting our baby boys nursery ready. So I am 32 weeks pregnant as of Monday of this week. And our nursery, if you guys have been following me on Instagram, was a storage room um, that had like our entire (laughs) life packed into it. Um, We live in a basement level. So um, we it was like an unfinished room. It, It was painted, but it didn't have like flooring. It was cement floors. Um, And like our entire life was like packed into this room and we kind of figured out how to get like storage figured out. So we cleared most of the room out. I was able to, that was back in like November. I was able to go through all of like my baby stuff and sort out like what of Josephine's we can use for baby boy. His due date is March 20th. So it is rapidly approaching (laughs) and I only have eight weeks of this pregnancy left. Um, So coming back from my big California trip, I hit like massive nesting mode. And so I have just been in a constant state the past week of like worry of if I'm ready. If you're a mom and you've gone through this stage of pregnancy, you know, when you hit nesting, it's insane. So I have officially hit my crazy nesting. And, um, this last weekend we put my husband, I should say, um, put new floors into the nursery. So the nursery finally has floors and then, we can kind of start to get ready as far as like storing things and putting, I bought a couple of pieces of furniture. So things are happening and there's, it's looking like I'll be prepared for this baby when he comes. (laughs) And I like put together a registry. I wasn't going to do a registry this baby because it always feels weird and icky, like asking people to buy you things. But I had a bunch of friends tell me, no, you need to make a registry. Like we're just going to buy you things that you don't need if you don't put one together. So I finally like put together a registry and so it's all going well. And I'm I'm slowly starting to have less anxiety about adding another beautiful baby to our family. So we are rapidly approaching to that due date. And I cannot wait until he's here. Um, I just need to have everything ready. And it's slowly getting there. Um, today's a Tuesday, the day before this podcast episode releases. And I had a morning this morning, y'all. Let me tell you, it was one of those mornings where nothing was going right. I mean, I had major pregnancy insomnia last night. So I was up from like 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. 
just tossing and turning. I couldn't get comfortable. I've definitely been a little more uncomfortable this pregnancy. And I think I'm definitely <clears throat> bigger than I was with my daughter. Like I think my belly's just going out more and not spreading out um, everywhere. Uh, I found my first little stretchy marks on my stomach today. And I didn't have any stretch marks with my daughter on my stomach. I had them other places. But um, this is my first stomach stretch marks, which tells me I think I might be bigger than I was with my daughter. And I still have eight weeks to go. So pray for me, y'all. Um, so, you know, I, I had a, I fell back asleep at four. My alarm goes off at five. It was very hard for me to wake up, but you know, I go to the gym at six every morning. Um, me and my mom do. And so I did make it out of the house on time, but pregnancy brain, we got to the gym, you know, like 15, 20 minutes later, it takes us like a 20 minute drive. And I had forgotten my gym bag. So I didn't have my shoes. I didn't have anything. And <laughs> I was heartbroken. Like the irrational devastation you get when you're pregnant about like minor inconveniences. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. And I was about to cry. I was like, mom, like working out in the mornings. I mean, I don't know if you guys are like this, but like I crave the endorphins I get from physical activity in my routine. So I was like, this sucks because I don't want to walk outside. It's 25 degrees outside. I don't want to like slip on ice. Um, like I can bundle up, but I don't want to like fall because our road probably has a little bit of ice on it. And I was like, and I don't want to do a strength workout at home because my back hasn't been feeling great. Like walking feels amazing for me, but like lifting probably isn't the best idea because especially in the evenings, my sciatic pain has been like out of control. <laughs> like I live with just deep blue and a heating pad on my left butt cheek at all times at night. So I was like so devastated. I called my husband. Thankfully, he was like leaving for work. So he stopped. We had to drive back up the interstate. He stopped at the interstate, gave me my bag, and then we went. So we were going to be a little later, which was fine. Like everything was fine. We get to the gym and then, you know, I get on the treadmill and my AirPods are like officially dead. <laughs> They've been like acting up for like a couple weeks now they're like gone and I've had them for like five years I know that's not like super super long but I feel like for like electronics that's pretty long time and I was like you know what it's... of course it had to happen today so I get my walk done with no airpods no music like just powering through um I've been doing 30 minutes on the treadmill and I walk at three miles an hour at 10 incline and it's like the perfect amount of workout for me because it gets me sweating, but I'm not huffing and puffing and feeling like I need to take a break because I feel like at this point in pregnancy, I shouldn't be doing that. But I feel like it's conditioning me enough to um, get ready for labor and it's getting my endorphins going. So I absolutely love what I've been doing every morning. And so I get through my workout and I'm proud of myself and I am like pressing the buttons to go down and incline, down in speed. And I hit my water cup. My Stanley flies across the gym floor, water everywhere. And at that point, I'm like, wow, <laughs> like, of course that would have happened to me. <laughs> oh my goodness, guys. It was one thing after the other, but I did have a free drink reward on my Starbucks and I usually save that for like special occasions. And today was a special occasion. So on the way home from the gym, mama got herself a nice latte, a nice oat milk latte. So that was my morning. And you know, it's first world problems. People are going through way worse. But if you have ever been this 
stage of pregnancy before or any stage of pregnancy, you know what minor inconveniences can do to your mental health. And I'm just really proud of myself for powering through, getting my workout done, and still making this a good day, regardless of kind of like the inconveniences that come your way and make you want to just have a bad day. It's so easy for us to just like have minor things happen to us building up and just wanting to quit and just be like, I'm going to be in a bad mood today. But I decided not to do that. And I'm really glad that I powered through. So that being said, I'm going to get into, that was like a really long recap, whatever, but I'm going to get into this week's episode content. And the number one question I get on my Instagram a lot because I'm very, if you don't follow me on my personal Instagram, my Instagram is at Cheyenne Draves. And I am very active on my social media just because I simply love social media. I love sharing with people. I love trying to like add value to other people's life. I love connecting with people via social media. So I like live on socials. My husband wants to kill me half the time because I want to like you know, capture everything and share a lot of things. Um, And I'm very respectful of like things that he doesn't want to share, but I love sharing. Um, I've always been an oversharer my whole life. So if you're not on uh, my Instagram, go give me a follow. It's a fun time over there. But that being said, I do have um, a really supportive following, mostly of like women that I feel like probably follow me um, to gain inspiration in different aspects of their life. And I get so many questions from women like weekly asking like, I don't know how you do it all. How do you do it all? How do you do everything? Like you, you get everything done. And my answer to that question is I don't like I, there, there's no one in this world that can do it, quote unquote, can quote unquote do it all, but I prioritize. And that's the biggest thing. And I wanted to kind of have an episode on tips on how you can quote unquote do it all this year in 2023 and how you can shift your mindset, shift your habits and shift ways that you do things in order to feel like you're doing it all and feel like you're the person you want to be. Because ultimately, if you don't want to be this kind of person that, you know, gets it all done, does it all, you don't have to be. But a lot of people have that desire to want to be more productive. And like I'm an Enneagram three, like my value is based on like (laughs) how much I accomplish and how much people tell me I'm doing a good job. So I, you know, thrive on getting a lot of things done. It helps my personality type a lot. Some people aren't like that. But if you are the kind of person that feels like you need to be doing more, this is the podcast episode for you because I'm going to give you very realistic and helpful tips on how to feel like you're doing it all and you're getting more done in your days and getting more done in your life and getting more value. Um, I was kind of inspired by this episode um, by Thea Larson when I had her on the podcast. Um, she is the owner of Cowgirls Over Coffee and her episode, if you have not listened to it from a few weeks back, was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but she had mentioned in the episode, we were talking a lot about social media in comparison. And a lot of us, like if we're following someone that seems to like have it all and do it all and it kind of like annoys us, like that's kind of like a thing on our own thing. Like I'll see certain, I used to see certain accounts on social media and be like, oh my gosh, their house is perfect. Like this is perfect. Like it's so annoying that they can do this every day. And Thea kind of like pointed it out to me that like 
you don't have to be jealous of that person. You can like use that as inspiration. And it really shifted something in me because I follow a lot of TikTok accounts, um, like mommy vloggers that are just kind of like vlogging their days as a mom or like um, businesswomen that are, you know, a day in the life of my business. And instead of looking at those and being like, oh my gosh, how does this person get it all done? Like, this is so annoying. I There's no way that this is real. There's no way that they're really getting all that done. I shifted my mindset to be like, wow, I'm going to use this as inspiration. So now I follow, you know, like we don't have to be hate following anyone. Like, and if you are hate following someone, unfollow that person. But it's, it's so nice to follow accounts that like give us inspiration and make us kind of like want to be better. So I was really inspired by her. Um, so here's a list. If you are a pen and paper kind of gal, highly recommend, or even like in the notes app of your phone, if you're on the treadmill, working out, listening to this on a walk, you know, that kind of thing, take your phone out or take pen and paper out, um, and just write down or jot these things down because, um, it's so valuable to be able to like, Shift your mindset, shift ways that you do things in order to do it all. So here are my tips. I I struggle still, like I'm not perfect. And like I said, I don't do it all. But I feel like I do have a lot of tips that I've learned from a lot of like self-help books I've read, a lot of podcasts I listen to, a lot of people I follow, a lot of mentors I have. Like these are the biggest things I've learned and this is how I've curated my life to be the way it currently is. So number one, the biggest tip I have is taking inventory of how you waste time in your life, primarily screen time. If you want to severely (laughs) make yourself upset, go on your phone and look up your screen time. Like, and see how many hours a day you're spending scrolling and playing games and doing things on your phone that we don't need to be doing. I work on my phone a lot, so I have to take that into consideration when I kind of sit down and take inventory and look at my screen time Um, because I still do that. Like, And I have it set on my phone where it reminds me on Sunday what my screen time is, and I try to improve that and vastly get that number down every week. Um, But you know, it's, it's kind of an eye opener to just look at your screen time and see how much time you're wasting on your phone during certain things. And I'm going to get into giving ourselves time to unwind and relax. So I'm not saying that like you should have like 30 minutes of phone time total for the day because that's unrealistic, especially like with how much we are all working on our phones and doing a lot of things on our phones. But I think it's very important just to take inventory on how you're wasting time in your life, whether that be screen time on your phone, whether that be, um, you know, napping too much. I mean, I'm going to get into that. I think self-care is very important and like taking care of yourself is very important, but I think some people um, kind of abuse that mindset. And then looking at how much like you're binging TV on a regular basis. So just take inventory. Step one is just like take inventory of where you're spending your time. And, you know, it's it's going to blow your mind sometimes, especially checking that screen time number on your phone. But that's my number one tip. Um, number two would be to establish a good morning routine. Not everyone is a morning person. Um but that this doesn't mean you have to get up at 4 a.m. every morning. Like establishing a morning routine, a morning routine can take 15 minutes. 
Um, if you guys want a more in-depth um, <clears throat> synopsis of my morning routine, um, sometime last year, gosh, this was way back. I couldn't tell you which episode it was, but I did an episode on my morning routine. And so if you want to re-listen to that and see exactly what I do each morning, it's changed a touch since then, um, but not by a lot. I, it's still mostly the same. So you have to establish a morning routine that works for you. Um, and whether that be first things first, sitting down and reading your Bible. Um, my church is kind of doing like this challenge for the next 52 days um, where we're doing one thing a day, um, the same thing every single day for 52 days, you know, personalizing it to ourselves. And one of my things is I'm reading a chapter of the Bible every day because I feel like I need to read scripture more. So my mornings always start with reading a chapter of the Bible. Your morning routine can include like drinking your greens, making your coffee, um, just, you know, certain things that kind of like start your day correctly, doing the same thing every day. But my biggest tip with a morning routine is having a handwritten to-do list because um, I think the biggest way to quote unquote get it all done and be super productive is to have a handwritten to-do list of the things that you want to accomplish that day. Because pen to paper is so powerful, it's way more powerful than just having it in your head or putting it on your phone. Like having pen to paper, physically writing them out and keeping that list kind of near you or on your desk throughout the day or keeping it in your purse throughout the day as you're going about your things and physically checking things off or crossing things off is going to, um, it's like there's been studies that prove that pen to paper is way more effective than any other way to make a to-do list. So um, my biggest tip with a morning routine is to have a portion where you're writing down your to-do list of things you want to accomplish that day. Um, so that is my number three, or sorry, that is my number two. Number three is exercise any time in your day. So you don't have to be getting up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym. That's what I do. If that's what you want to do, whatever floats your boat, you can be working out at night. You can be working out at noon. You can work out any time in the day, but at least 30 minute of exercise per day, I think is so important to um, being the kind of person that gets more done because um, Tracy Jones, who is a power fit um, coach and influencer, um, which is the workout company that I am an affiliate with, she just made this TikTok about how, or it was like an Instagram reel, about how you say that you don't have energy to work out, but you need to work out to create that energy. Because working out every day and getting any kind of exercise, and you don't have to be lifting weights in the gym. You don't even have to go to the gym. Look up a 30-minute workout video on YouTube, whether you like to um, do yoga, weights, um, the cardio. You can go on a walk every day for 30 minutes. 30 minutes of exercise per day is going to create more energy within you and it's going to give you some endorphins to make you a happier person. I'm going to quote Elle Woods, but endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't kill their husbands. <laughs> so endorphins are very important. I am a strong believer in exercise. And so just making sure that you're prioritizing exercise in your daily routine, even if it's just Monday through Friday or even four days a week, wherever you can fit it in. We all have an extra 30 minutes a day that we can just exercise a little bit. Um, and like I said, if you think that you don't have time to exercise, check your screen time, sis, because I promise you, you have time to exercise. So I think that is a big way to boost your energy in order to begin you know, this change in you where you want to get it all done. 
Number four is the tip that work time is work time and relaxing time is relaxing time. So I have times throughout my day. I mean, even kind of like when I get home from the gym and my day starts till kind of when my husband gets home from work, that's all hustle time, especially my daughter's nap time. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But hustle time is hustle time. And then I have what I call sacred time. And for me, sacred time is when my husband gets home from work. Um, and even like when he gets home from work, like that five to seven thirty ish PM time is still a little fuzzy because I'm still making dinner and trying to clean up from the day. There still might be one or two tasks I want to accomplish. I have to do bath time and, you know, get my daughter ready for bed. But my true sacred time where I don't schedule things, like I don't do, I, it's strictly for TV with my husband, scroll on TikTok, that kind of thing, um, is after my daughter goes to sleep around like 7.30ish, 8. That's my sacred time. And then weekends. I've made sure that weekends are sacred time as well. I don't like to schedule work on weekends. I don't like to schedule a ton of to-do things I have to do on weekends. Obviously, there's some stuff here and there, but especially Sunday mornings where my family goes to church together, that's sacred time. So if you're scheduling in sacred time daily, which is like your time that you can be total veg out, take a nap, do this, do that you know, two hours of your day that's just like sacred time, then you're going to feel way less guilty during that sacred time of just vegging and doing nothing. And then it's going to make you feel a little more hustly during the hustle time because you're like, don't worry, tonight at this time or, or say your sacred time is, you know, two to four. Like for some reason, that's how your schedule works. You're like, don't worry, from two to four, I'm going to be able to veg out, take a nap, watch my show, do this. Maybe mornings are your sacred time. And before work, that's your time to like, do whatever the heck you want. That is totally okay as long as you're making sure work time is work time and sacred time is sacred time and not feeling guilty during sacred time and not slacking during hustle time. So that's number four. Number five is realizing that things on your list, on your to-do list for the day, or maybe your long-term to-do list, things that you've been putting off, it might be something that can take you two minutes to 20 minutes. Something on your list like that is giving you a lot of like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, oh my gosh, I have so much on my list. They're not going to take that much time. <laughs> like they're probably things that aren't that time consuming. So realizing that those things that you're putting off and not wanting to do and dragging your feet about, they are only going to take you X amount of time. It's going to be so short and it's going to be over and then you can cross it off and you'll be good to go. So that's number five. Number six, so my number six tip on how you can do it all is to, this is kind of a big one, and the example I'm going to use is very extreme, um, but it's a good example of it. And my number six is to do something hard in order to create self-respect for yourself. Um, A lot of us do not, we aren't holding ourselves to a certain standard because we don't respect ourselves enough and we don't think we can do it because we've never had to do it. Um, Last summer, and this is another podcast um, episode that I did, so you'll have to look it up. I forget when this episode aired. It probably aired in like April, May. Um, Last year, I did a mental toughness challenge. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about it, and it's called 75 Hard. And I did it the right way. I didn't do 75 Soft or whatever people are calling it or whatever these little 
weenie spinoffs that people <laughs> are making up about it. Um, I did the full 75 hard. And I, like I said, if you want more information on that, go listen to that episode. Um, I get very emotional in it because it was one of the most emotional experiences of my life. But it was a mental toughness challenge that built self-respect for me because for 75 days straight, I did something hard. I did five hard things every single day and I did not let myself miss one day or one task. So for 75 days straight, I held myself to a standard and did this challenge. And by the end of it, my self-respect went through the roof because I knew that I was capable of that. In my entire life, I didn't know I was capable of doing anything like that. And that was the first time I had held myself to that standard. So you need to do something hard and start creating a routine that is going to create self-respect within yourself so you know you can do things. Because like think about it as a relationship with someone you ha- like a relationship you have with someone else. Like if someone else isn't showing up um for you every day and they're not helping you out in this way, <clears throat> um you're not going to respect them and you're not going to trust them that they'll do it. So if you aren't showing up for yourself every day and you aren't doing things for yourself every day, you're not going to respect yourself. You're not going to trust yourself to do it. So do a little like 10 day challenge. Start out slow and be like, okay, for 10 days straight, I'm going to show up for myself and set my alarm for 30 minutes earlier and write my to-do list out every single day for 10 days. No excuses. I'm going to do this hard thing, get up, make myself do it. Because I'll tell you what, sis, you're not going to have the motivation to do it every day, but you're going to earn respect for yourself if you're disciplined enough to do it. Um, so that is one of my biggest tips is to do something hard to create self-respect within yourself. And that's an uncomfortable, hard thing to do. It's not easy. Mentally, it is not easy. Um, and 99% of doing something hard, like showing up to work out for yourself every day or get up early every day, um, make sure you get X amount of tasks done every day. It's mental. It's not physical. Like physically, you're able to do it. All of the things that you're trying to overcome are mental. So creating self-respect by doing something hard is so important. Um, Number seven is going to be finding routines that don't take a ton of time. And by this, I mean, I'm going to use an example um, because you want to like be efficient. You don't want to be doing things every day like doing it all, quote unquote, but things that take like like 80 million years. So my biggest example of this is I, um, my husband's love language is food. Like he absolutely loves it when I cook for him. And I'm not a bad cook, but I don't love cooking. (laughs) Like it's not my favorite thing to do in the world. Um, And so with like wanting to be able to do it all and I feel accomplishment when I do something like that to fulfill a relationship in my life, it's like cooking for my husband. Um, He likes it when I pack a lunch for him every day. Well, we have optimized and made an efficient routine where he likes a certain kind of sandwich and it's we've conversed and it's a kind of sandwich that takes me like you know, or two sandwiches, but it takes me no time to make because, you know, it probably takes me five, seven minutes in the morning. Um, So we've kind of optimized and efficient, like made that routine efficient um, to where it's that same thing every single day and I get it done. So I feel like I'm doing it all. It's something that fulfills him, that kind of thing. Same thing with dinner. 
if making dinner some like making dinner every night is something that you struggle with, um, look up recipes and like try things out and find recipes that are easy to make, don't take a lot of time, but you know, satisfy both you and whoever you're cooking for. Um, so finding routines that don't take up a ton of time, but still get the job done. And so just like optimizing time, making things efficient. Number eight is a Amazon purchase (laughs) and it is a time blocking cube. Um, there's a account I follow on Instagram. Her name is Lauren Anel. She used to be Anel and James. I've talked about her before. Um, but she works from home. She has a lot of good content about career and stuff like that. And I was hashtag influenced. I can literally be influenced to buy anything, mind you. Um, but some of the things actually like work. So (laughs) I was influenced to buy this like time block cube. If you just look up time block cube on Amazon, it's a white cube with black lettering on it. And it has 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and 60 minutes. And you just put, you know, you set the time to whatever you want and you set it down and it will beep after the 30 minutes is up. And And this helps you not be distracted. So you can set this thing up for 30 minutes and say, okay, for 30 minutes until this timer goes off, this is the only thing I'm going to be doing. This is going to be the only task. This helps great with work you need to get done. Um, This helps great with laundry. A lot of us hate laundry and we'll just kind of be watching TV and kind of like, you know, want to stop folding and just watch. But if you set this timer, you know, like, okay, I can be watching TV at the same time, but I can like be folding. Um... I am not going to check my phone in this 30 minutes. Like until this timer goes off, I'm not going to get up to go do this. I'm not going to get up to go do that. I'm not going to grab my phone. So time block cube, highly recommend. And it can help for anything like dishes, um, cleaning. Like if you're like, okay, I'm just going to like do a general pickup in my house, but I only have 15 minutes. I'll set this timer for 15 so I can start picking things up and organizing and stuff. And then once it goes off, I can be done. So highly recommend. Um, number nine, and this is for moms. If you're not a mom, this isn't going to help you, (laughs) but optimizing nap time. And early on in our child's life, um, it's like the first like six months, um, I do recommend resting (laughs) during this time, especially the first couple months, like the first like one to two, three months. Um, I don't recommend being extremely trying to like hustle, I made that mistake with my first. Um, when I had my daughter, I was, I think it was a lot of my postpartum anxiety, but I didn't really truly take the time to rest and I wish I did. But once you're starting to feel like yourself, it takes about eight months after having a baby um, to start kind of feeling like yourself again and wanting to get back into your routines. If you are able to, like if your baby is kind of sleeping well and you're getting at least like six to eight hours of sleep a night, Try not to nap when the baby naps. And I'm saying, like, if you need the sleep, girl, if your baby's not sleeping, disregard this. Like, I am blessed. I have a good sleeper. Um, My daughter sleeps very well, so I'm able to do this. So take this with a grain of salt. But if you're someone who, you know, your child sleeps well through the night or well enough for you to get decent sleep, um, you're going to sleep harder and get more quality sleep if you're not sleeping a ton throughout your day. Um, Take magnesium, eat a good diet and try to, and if you're not napping a ton throughout the day and you're exercising, you're going to sleep harder and better for the, that stretch at night. And, um, you know, a lot of people that are just like tired all the time, this is the advice I try to give them is 
take your supplements, take your magnesium, eat a good diet, drink plenty of water, exercise. And if you're not napping a ton throughout the day and you're doing all those things, you should sleep really hard at night and get good quality sleep. And then you should be kind of like refreshed and be able to do it well the next day. Um, so if, you know, the stars align, you have a baby that sleeps decent and is not up every two hours. <laughs> like I said, take this advice with a grain of salt. If you have a baby that naps well during the day, optimize your nap time. And for me, nap time is hustle time. So when Josephine is down for her nap, it is go time. I set my time blocker for certain things and get things done. Um, you know, you can have days of like grace period, even if you want one a week, you know, one every two weeks where, you know what, nap time today, I'm going to do absolutely nothing. And I'm just going to take a nap. You know, trust me, with this pregnancy, I've had plenty of days like that because this has been a rough pregnancy. But when you are in the mindset of wanting to improve yourself, wanting to be more productive, optimize nap time. Um, number 10 is also for moms. So if you're not a mom, disregard. <laughs> Again, sorry, I'm a mom. So I like to give advice to other moms. And I feel like our audience um, has a lot of moms or people that want to be moms in the future. Um, but as a mom... And this might be a hot take, but my number 10 tip is as a mom, I do utilize screen time and I let my daughter watch TV for certain things or I let her watch, you know, my phone or an iPad. And there's certain shows that she gets to watch when I need to sit down and get something done. And um, I don't want to trigger if you have any kids in the car listening. Um, I know if I were to say this out loud in front of my daughter, she'd go crazy, but B-A-B-Y-S-H-A-R-K. I'll tell you what, that comes in clutch when I need when I need it to. <laughs> or, you know, you get a little bit of Miss Rachel or some Bluey. Um, something like that to utilize, like, it's not something that your kid's sitting in front of for hours every day, but if you utilize screen time properly to get them to be able to, like, sit down for you to be able to get something done, utilize it. It's a tool. If you're also an involved parent that is doing plenty of activities with your child and doing other things and they're not sitting in front of a screen all day, then it's not something you should feel guilty about. So I recommend utilizing screen time and optimizing it to the best of your ability for just like a small amount of stretch to help you get something done. Um, but also like on top of that as a mom, I also recommend like things that your child can be involved with you involve them with as best as they can. My daughter's getting a little older, so she's, you know, going to be two here in a couple of weeks. And as she gets older, I know I'm going to be able to involve her more and more, but try your best to involve your children in the things you want to get done. Like, say you need to go, like, clean pens. Like, I don't just make it like, oh, I have to go clean pens and I have my daughter. You know, I bring her out there and I get her set up in a way like either if it's like really cold outside and she needs to be sitting in one spot bundled up, that's when we utilize a screen and I, you know, I give her something or I give her, I bought her her own little rake. So when it's nice outside, she can be moving around and doing stuff with that. Um, you know, when I'm doing dandelash orders and packaging things, she helps me like go get inventory and I tell her, pick up this one and put it in here. It takes a touch longer time, but it's a way that I am still getting something done and I'm not having to take a break from my things in order to play with her. Like it's giving her experience. It's giving your kids experience of helping you get things done, especially when I'm doing dishes. Um, 
I give her her own little set of dishes like Tupperware and I say, okay, you need to put these in and out of the dishwasher. So she puts them in and out of the certain spot of the dishwasher while I'm doing the other ones. Um, so just things like that, involving them in the tasks that you can involve them in instead of being like, oh, I can't get this done because I have my kid. Well, no, you can get it done. You just involve them in a certain way. Um, and so that way you optimize it. So that's my other tip. So number 11, um, asking for help. And this is whether you're a mom or not a mom. It is so important to know when to ask for help. And I know that we think that we're not doing it all if we ask for help. But if you're the kind of person that is like willing to help out others, be the kind of person that is willing to ask for help. And I'm very fortunate that I um, have my husband and my parents that are very helpful towards things that I want to accomplish and get done. So I I capitalize on it and I, and I don't take advantage. You know, I'm very grateful and I pay back where I can, but I utilize the help that I can get. And I'm very grateful for it, but just don't feel guilty about asking anyone for help in different aspects of your life. Like if you have a task that is just not going to fit in with your day, it's stressing you out. I want to get it all done today, and but I have this thing going on. I have to be at work. I need to go pick this up. Like phone a friend. And if it's a friend that you'd do it for and you've done stuff like that before for, ask them, hey, can you go pick this up for me today? I really can't get to it. I need someone to do it. It would really help me out. Utilize all the help that you can get. Ask for help when you can because a lot of people are too afraid to ask for help. Um, number 12, so um, we're getting towards the end of my tips, but number 12, ultimately at the end of the day, you're not going to do something that doesn't give you joy or gratitude. And that being said, like majority of things on your to-do list for the day to get it all done are not going to be things that give you instant joy. <laughs> but there's a difference between instant gratification and delayed gratification. And we need to rewire our brains to be more, um, to desire that delayed gratification more and to look farther down the road. And so just knowing, like looking at certain things on your to-do list, even if it is like like looking at things on your to-do list, like I'll look at things on my list right in front of me, things that I don't want to do. Um, today, I really need to clean out our fridge. <laughs> like our fridge is terrible. I need to get that cleaned out today. Am I going to enjoy doing that? Heck no. I'm going to hate it. But the only thing that's going to give me gratification is I can say I can cross this off my list. And if that's the only thing that's going to give you gratification about that task, then so be it. But um, just making sure you have some form of gratification in completing that task. One thing um, I can say too is like habit stacking with, uh, if you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about habit stacking. Um, if you look at like folding laundry, it's like everyone's favorite thing to do in the world, right? Absolutely wrong. We all hate it. We all hate folding laundry and we especially hate putting it away into their respective spots. But I have a little tip because I do laundry once a week and I have a favorite podcast that's kind of like my guilty pleasure podcast. It's not a self-help. It's kind of like a gossipy um, like pop culture podcast. And I save that podcast every year or every year, every week to listen to while I fold laundry. And it makes me look forward to folding laundry because I'm like, oh, this is like my little or like Kardashians. Like I'm obsessed with keeping up and the Kardashians. Like I'm obsessed with that show. I don't ask me why. I just love it so much. <laughs> and so 
like being able to say like, oh, I get to watch this while I fold laundry or I get to listen to this one podcast while while I fold laundry. That's like a way to have it stack and make that task more gratifying to you. So just knowing and realizing that you're not going to do something that doesn't give you joy. So everything in your routine, in your list that you're going to do for the day needs to bring you some kind of joy, whether that be just checking it off every day or knowing that, yeah, I hate getting up early. Like I hate it so much. I dread it. But getting up early allows me to go work out and then working out gives me this gratification every day. I get to have a like my rings closed on my Apple watch and that like gives me gratification because I feel accomplished for the day. Like making my bed. I hate making my bed, but if I make my bed every day, then it looks nice and then I have like a nice place to live. That kind of thing. So just making sure that you're linking every task that you're doing with some kind of like gratification, whether that be instant, delayed, habit stacked, that kind of thing. Um, And then my very last tip, number 13, after all of this thing that I just like lectured to you all of these things that if you want to do it all, you need to do all these things. Number 13 is to give yourself grace. And so um, we tend to in the new year, especially when we're like creating goals and wanting to change who we are and become the best version of ourselves, we tend to just like go gung ho and try to change everything at once. And that's just not realistic. And I've talked about this before. Um, But give yourself grace in the fact that if you're changing 1% of something every single day, if you're just getting a little bit better at something, be proud of that and take pride in that because it's so important to acknowledge the little victories here and there in order to grow. Um, So that will be my last tip. I will leave you with that. I hope this podcast has added value to your life and I hope that you can apply at least one or two of these aspects in order to help you feel like you are getting it all done and just being a more productive human being. Um, We... I don't want to promote like crazy, crazy hustle culture of like, don't enjoy life. You just need to be working all the time because that's so not true. Like I, I truly get to relax a lot in my life and have downtime, but I do feel like I've optimized a lot of ways and made certain routines in my life efficient in order to get a lot done and be a productive person. And if that's what you want to do, I hope implementing at least some of these things in your life is going to help you do that. I hope you guys loved this episode. If you did, give our podcast five stars and leave a review on any platform that you are listening to, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Also, please follow us on Instagram if you are not already. We are at Women in Western Podcast and we have merch on our website. So, If you would like a t-shirt or stickers, I have stickers all over my laptop and I have one on my Stanley. Um, I'm not sure if we're doing stickers on the Stanley, but I am. I know stickers on the Hydro Flask was a thing. I'm trying to be trendy, so I got the Stanley um, and I'm putting stickers on it. And if that's not the thing, so be it. I'm doing it. Um, But go get a Women in Western podcast sticker so you can put it anywhere you'd like. Um... I am so thankful for all of our listeners on this podcast. I hope you guys have a great week and I hope you guys are going into February refreshed and getting those goals done still that you made a month ago. You guys have a good rest of your week and I will see you next Wednesday for another episode of the Women in Western Podcast.